This is Tim Tapp, the ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host of Tap Into The Truth that you can hear right here, K-Star, ZMA, and the Vera Networks. broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rowan County, Tennessee, and we are live. If you're listening to WCET-FM in Columbia, South Carolina, if you're listening on TheLastFrequency.com, if you're listening on the Vera Network, if you happen to be listening on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, and, of course, our most recent addition to the Tap Into the Truth broadcast family, if you're listening to the Zinc Media Arts 
Radio Network. ZMA, we like to call them for short because, you know, that is kind of a long name. Hey, it's Friday, everybody, and I hope you are ready to have one heck of a great weekend. We're moving into Mother's Day weekend, as far as that's concerned. In case you forgot, uh, final countdown for Mother's Day gifts, guys. Better not forget. Uh, But uh, you know what? Here we are. If you anything at all like the week that I've had If if you're even close to it, you may run the risk of uh, enjoying a few too many adult libations tonight and maybe sleeping off a a good portion of your remaining shopping time. So uh, make a note, uh, post it, get ready if you haven't already taken care of it. Okay. what what do we even talk about? It's not like there's not anything going on. Uh, so, so hard to find something to talk about. Actually, the truth of the matter is it's really hard to pick just the few things we're going to be able to talk about. Uh, not enough time for tonight's broadcast. I have a feeling we probably could uh, do a five-hour show and still not adequately cover everything that's going on. Uh, scheduled to be joined. Zoinged? I'm talking Scooby-Doo speak now. Zoinks? Uh, scheduled to be joined uh, here in just a little bit by Matt Fitzgibbons, who uh, graciously last minute decided to step in when uh, a previously scheduled host uh, visit had to uh, find uh, another uh, day to come on because something came up. So we will be rescheduling, and that is fine. Uh, Also scheduled to be joined a little bit later by Ron Edwards, uh, deep in the second hour. So should have some interesting conversations. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be touching on the debt ceiling. Obviously, we're going to be touching on the southern border. Obviously, we're going to be touching on uh, the situation going on with the Trump Town Hall. We're going to be talking about Daniel Penny and the choice to uh, charge him. We're going to be hitting all those topics between the two guests. But before we do any of that, I need to talk to you a little bit about our first sponsor of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, Four Patriots has been one of the primary companies that wants to make sure that you have everything you need to survive in the event of the worst. Your power goes out, what are you going to do? Well, if it's just for a little while, like most of us, uh, you'll wait it out, it'll come back on, and you'll be fine. But what if it's for an extended period of time? Well, what do you you think you can do? I mean, if you've got a generator already, uh, well, then you're probably in pretty good shape as long as you know how to operate your generator. And if it's a gas-powered generator, then you do need to be very careful because – If you don't set it up correctly, you always run the risk of carbon monoxide poisoning. Very real threat that everyone needs to take very close attention to. What happens even even more so if you happen to have medical equipment that you need that's run on electricity? If it helps you breathe, like what happens to a 67-year-old man? Back in 2019. See, unfortunately for him, living in Northern California, they had an issue with their power grid. There was a high wind incident. It wasn't storm storms, but the winds were really, really blowing. So some old power lines were at risk. What does the power company do? Well, they decide to just kill the power to 700 thousand homes just in case. Robert happened to be asleep at the time, and the warning that his 
air machine, his oxygen machine, the alarm that went off wasn't enough to wake him up. And unfortunately, without the machine helping him, he passed away in his sleep because he ran out of power. The saddest part – now, the whole thing's sad, but the saddest part of Robert's tragedy is it didn't have to happen at all because there is a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100 percent fume-free backup power generators. Uh, these things are solar-capable. Of course, I'm talking about the Patriot Power Generator from 4Patriots. Like I already said, it's silent. It's a solar generator that doesn't use gas, so you can bring it inside. You don't have to worry about fumes. It's powerful enough to keep your medical devices operating. It's powerful enough to keep your refrigerator running. It's not a whole house solution. Take the time to visit 4 and check it out. Read the fine print too. Make sure you understand what you're getting. But having backup power and during an extended period of time without it, it's not just a luxury. It can be a lifesaver. So again, go visit fourpatriots.com and you can take 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store using promo code TAP T-A-P-P again go to the number four patriots.com use promo code TAP T-A-P-P to get 10% off your order and that includes the Patriot Power Generator if you're so inclined. And oh yeah, it is it is an expensive item. You know, it costs a little money. But if it's too much for you to handle at one time, take the time to look at their payment options. Now, I'm not recommending you go get in debt for anything uh, in particular. But then there are some things you can't afford. Then there's some things you can't afford to be without. It's up to you to decide which category this falls into. Uh, the payment option is something that's available for you. That 10% uh, is still pretty cool too. All right. With so much to talk about, there are plenty of opportunities to get into it with the guests. So I'm going to save some of those bigger stories for them. But there are other big stories that are flying under the radar, and this is one of them. Sam Brownback, the chair of the National Committee for Religious Freedom, came out uh, just recently detailing how J.P. Morgan Chase suddenly cut ties with the nonprofit uh, last year. Uh, the nonprofit in question, we're talking about… Let me let me find it again because now my page disappeared. We're talking about a nonprofit that works for religious liberty across across the nation. They have international ties, but this one's focused primarily on the United States. So the National Committee for Religious Freedom is the nonprofit in question. J.P. Morgan Chase just suddenly cut ties with them last year, and this particular experience happened despite the fact that financial services you know JP Morgan Chase this bohemus of financial services they they deny and they are denying ahead of an upcoming shareholder meeting that they have ever debanked conservatives they're denying that they've ever debanked religious customers now the funny part is they have now, if they want to make the statement that, it, well, it wasn't because they're conservatives, that would be more believable. 
problem is we don't see them debanking a whole lot of, you know, lefties. We don't see them debanking a whole lot of folks that aren't on the Democrat reservation, that aren't part of the crazy train, if you will. No, it typically tends to be conservatives, religious customers, uh, especially Christians, but it's not limited to Christians. Just folks that generally believe in a higher power and therefore will never put the state as their highest power. They're never going to become completely dependent, and that's part of the reason why they don't like them. <coughs> Excuse me. You run into the situation where they, they being the left in this case, have been looking for ways to try and control and manipulate conservatives for a while. How can you stop guns from proliferating in the streets? Well, you take them out of the hands of people. How do you take them out of the hands of people? Well, let's debank the uh, gun manufacturers. After all, if the gun manufacturers can't get their payments, then they can't keep manufacturing, right? So, um, yeah, they got that bright idea, and then they decided to start expanding it. <coughs> Again, excuse me. You've got a tickle in my throat, guys. I hate doing this on live radio, but I'm going to have to take a sip of beverage here. Mm. Apologies. Now, Chase Bank, which is, of course, the firm's customer and commercial subsidy, they drew a lot of backlash, especially in recent months, for the abrupt ending in its relationship with the National Committee for Religious Freedom. Uh, it was made very public, but if you're not following this particular story, it'd be easy for you to have missed it. It's just one that's been kind of flowing below the radar, but if you are committed to religious freedom, you probably are familiar with the story. Now, again, the National Committee – the National Committee for Religious Freedom is a nonpartisan, faith-based, nonprofit organization dedicated to defending the right of everyone in America to live one's faith freely. Okay? These guys are on the front line of fighting for religious freedom. You know, it's not just in the name because they thought it sounded cool. They didn't name their organization the same way that uh, Democrats named theirs. Well, what are we actually doing? Okay, well, we'll call it the exact opposite, and people will think we're the good guys. No, this is actually something they've done. And again, I'm going to point out, they are not strictly focused on or looking at just Christians. People of faith, period. And in order to live one's faith freely, that means you should be allowed your right of association. That means you should be allowed your religious conscience. It means if you are a Christian baker and somebody comes to you and wants to do a gender swap cake or a same-sex marriage cake, you should have the right to say no because you have that legal right to live your religious freedom. It's like, here is my faith, and the bank doesn't have the right to penalize you for living your faith. 
The government doesn't have a right to penalize you for living your faith. You are not engaging in a discriminatory policy just by living your faith. You are being discerning, which I suppose a lot of folks on the left might have a hard time understanding that there is, in fact, a bit of a difference there. In truth, to be fair to them this time, the difference is very subtle in definition. But you have the power to live your, your, your beliefs. You have that legal right. It was guaranteed us, guaranteed to be protected in the Constitution. It was one of the primary focuses of the founding of this nation. Not slavery like the uh, Nicole Hannah Jones of the world would have you believe. Uh, Not just white, privileged, misogynistic, super evil power. None of that. Religious liberty. It was one of the founding principles. One of the reasons why the folks came and landed on Plymouth Rock, for crying out loud. This would be a very different nation, period, if it wasn't for that European expansion that began then based solely on the fact that they wanted to get away from the Church of England. Anyway, digressing back. They have a hard time on the left understanding that there there is a difference between engaging in racism or bigotry and just being true to your beliefs. Well, what if you're a white supremacist? Uh, then being bigoted is being true to your beliefs. Except there's still some legal differences if you're running a business. If you have this baker who's Christian and says, gay people aren't allowed in my bakery, I'm never selling them anything, uh, that would be discriminatory practice that is most likely, most people would agree with, punishable by some legal remedy. If you allow gay people into your store, they can purchase items, but you refuse to use your artistic skills to engage in something that conflicts with your faith. You know, like again, I don't want to bake you a special wedding cake for a same-sex wedding. That's not discrimination because they have the right to their faith. And guess what? There are also other bakers who will happily make your gender reveal cake. Well, happily, you know, and here's the, the sad thing here is gender reveal cake not that long ago actually meant you were revealing the gender of your new baby. Now, gender reveal cakes have to do with your gender identity politics. It's like, well, I want you to make it blue on the outside, but make it pink on the inside because, you know, I'm, I'm coming out as trans. I, why, why do we have to deal with this? We have a right to association, and then we need to be held to the standard of what that association means. If I decide to just hang out with racists, then you probably should think I'm racist and treat me as such. And I should probably have the right to do that. And by probably, I mean absolutely. Doesn't make me right. Doesn't make me a good person. But guess what? The proper application of freedom of religion, the proper application of freedom of speech, the proper application of a majority of our liberties on an individual 
basis means that you at some point in your life are guaranteed to be offended. You do not have a right not to be offended. You do not have the right to force everyone to bend to your beliefs, your thought process. And it doesn't matter if you're just some whiny guy on, what was it, TikTok the other day, just absolutely triggered because the Apple phone keeps putting meat emojis and they were vegan. I'm so triggered, almost crying because of a meat emoji. Dude, Apple does not make the phone just for you. If that triggers you, you got other issues, pal. Sorry. All that being said, though, it doesn't negate the fact that there is a huge concern that we all should be sharing if a bank decides that they're going to determine what's proper moral behavior. That they're going to determine if you should be eligible to have an account with their financial institution, not based on any financial reasoning whatsoever, but based solely on the fact that they don't like who you're doing business with. They don't like how you're making your money. They don't like where you're sending your money. They don't get to make that decision, and they should never be permitted to. Again, if you're engaged in criminal activity… That's one thing. There should be a set standard that we all can look at, you know, not at all like what we used to deal with over at Twitter and still deal with on most of the other social media sites that are run by lefties. There's these community standards that are very vaguely written on purpose so that we can apply them whenever we want to and ignore them whenever we want to, and you know when – we're going to ignore them, and you know when we're going to enforce them. If you're conservative, we're going to enforce them. Nothing at all like that. You know, little things like, are you using your money to go buy illicit drugs? Okay, that's criminal. Banking institutions should be able to say, we're going to have to shut down your account for that. Are you buying illegal weapons and transferring them and moving them around? Are you doing something that is clearly and obviously criminal? That's one thing, but because I make 10 donations a year to a Christian charity, I would say a Christian adoption agency that still adheres to the fact that they're not going to place children in homes that are not man and woman and married and financially stable. They're looking at those criteria. If I decide that I'm going to support them and you're going to decide, well, I'm going to have to close your account because of that, we don't like that mumbo-jumbo that you keep saying, Tim, so um, we're not going to send you your money. And that's something that I'm constantly at risk at anyway, and anybody else that gets into this space is going to have to worry about it because the more successful you are, the bigger you get, the more likely you're going to have somebody like PayPal saying, eh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you've got this money that they're sending to you, but we're not going to let you have it. GoFundMe has been doing the same thing now on the regular. Shouldn't be legal. Shouldn't be allowed. You raise money on there. People want to send it to you. I mean, thankfully, there are other alternatives that have popped up since then. But, you know, when I look at something like PayPal, I look at something like Stripe, both of them are notoriously uh, have withheld payments and canceled uh, memberships and uh, 
account based on the fact that they just don't like what the people are doing. When they're not doing anything illegal and not doing anything wrong, just espousing either conservative viewpoints or Christian viewpoints. This is a big deal. It's a big story, and there should be pushback. They're denying it. They're having to explain it. They're trying to keep from uh, from telling their stockholders at this next meeting. Uh, there is a motion coming up. They're trying to avoid telling them what the criteria is when you come as a nonprofit to have a account with J.P. Morgan Chase. They don't want you to know what their criteria is. They don't want you to know why this particular organization, after three weeks, had their account closed. The reason they don't want you to know is because they know that most of you wouldn't like them. And here's, here's the most horrible, terrible, deep, dark secret of the current financial crisis that's shutting down banks. We have a bunch of regional banks that did what at the time was putting the money in the smart place. They bought bonds because they're safe, and they were getting a decent yield at the time. They did the smart thing. Now they're all at risk because they don't have enough liquid capital to handle a run. So the Biden administration and all these larger banks are trying to funnel everything to the big banks, even though they pretend like that's not what they want to do. If you want to change that bait instead of making a run on the bank, do the opposite. If you have accounts at one of the major five banks, move your deposits from them and move them to regional banks. Because right now, the smart money is not to put it in bonds, and it would improve their liquidity. So you're going to help those mid-sized banks do better. And the only thing that's going to get the attention of these banks is for you to vote with your dollars. Send them the message. And trust me, when it comes to a bank, if they're losing big deposits, they start paying attention quick. You need to send them the message that they are providing financial services. They are not there to try and control any other aspect of your life. They don't get to nudge you. They don't get to decide who you get to do business with, who you send money to, who you receive money from. Again, one caveat, and that is unless whatever it is is illegal. If it's not illegal, even if you deem it to be immoral, even if you deem it to that it should be illegal, until it is, you don't have the right to interfere. Provide the service. Period. That's what you're supposed to do. And until they get that message, until we send them that message, it's going to get worse. It's going to continue to get worse, and it's going to take a while before they get that message. And talking about the banks right now, uh, go ahead and bring a message from our second sponsor of the night, and that, of course, is our friends over at Gold Co. Man, we have a not-so-secret secret Fed bailout going on. We've got... The Federal Reserve, uh, between a rock and a hard place where they're trying to, to hit a pause on raising interest rates because they don't want to further damage the regional banks. Because right now, the money market accounts at the bigger banks are bringing in a higher interest rate. So again, folks with a lot of money who want to make more money on those accounts, they're naturally moving those deposits to the money markets. This is looking a, a lot worse now. 
than what the 2008 uh, collapse looked like. It's getting kind of scary. But, you know, the Biden administration, they're whistling past the graveyard. They're trying to pretend like there's nothing to see here. Meanwhile, they're also quietly running over to try to rescue uh, the stockholders, the shareholders, I should say, the, the folks that have made the deposits, the rich, wealthy Americans, and a bunch of folks with direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party. They're really running to help them, while regular people like you and me were having a hard time paying the bills, can't keep gas in our tanks. Biden administration has the nerve to bail out these other folks and have us pay for it. The good news there is you don't have to play their game anymore. You can opt out of at least that part of the system by moving your cash into gold and silver. Do it before it's too late. Call our friends over at Gold Co. at 855-387-2932, and learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. Go ahead and take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. Do it before the White House comes and takes it all away, guys. Call 855-387-2932 right now. Learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last while you're at it. One last time, that number is 855-387-2932. Call Gold Co. right now, and let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break. Doug, do what you do. This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivek 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to MPAP and Tap into the Truth. The Department of Homeland Security continues to reward illegal border crossers instantly with $332.5 million. Yup, your taxes at work. While the Biden administration punishes we the people. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The Biden administration is on a never-ending mission to allegedly destroy our ability to properly raise our own children, worship Yahweh, live in peace and tranquility, eat healthy food, utilize gas stoves, protect ourselves from thugs, etc., etc. Homeland Security has rewarded ungrateful illegal border crossers with $332.5 million tax dollars for temporary shelter while they await being dropped off throughout the USA in large cities, suburbs, little towns and hamlets, even the beaches of Waikiki and along the beautiful Pacific Coast Highway in sunny California. This latest move by the government is part of a long list of actions the current regime has taken to destroy our unique, exceptional nation way of life. They seek to make life so miserable that we will one day beg big government to take full control of society and make us safe. But if you're one willing to give up your liberty or so-called security, you deserve neither. I'm Ron Edwards. Let's meet on the next page from the Edwards Notebook. See ya. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority. 
so that we can be the absolute best at it. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. These products are patented and proven. Second Skull is a protective headgear company. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us for that very brief break. Got to tell you, I love watching Doug during the breaks. I, I get to see him. Uh, he's, of course, running from the control room uh, down in Louisiana because he is the crazy Cajun. But when he gets to the point where he's singing along with the bumper music and he starts getting to the whispering part, about what I like about you, I get the impression I'm about to have to duck because he almost looks like he's about to spit spit wads at me. But I'm loving it. I, I just great stuff. It's Friday night. I hope you guys are having a great, great Friday and that you have a fantastic weekend. I really do. Before we get into anything else, though, one more message from uh, our third sponsor, the last one of the hour, and uh, that of course are the fine folks at Vanish Holster. If you're a regular listener to this show, even if you're not, but you're just a reasonable person who studied any history at all of the world stage, then you already know that one of the surest paths to becoming a victim of tyranny is to give up your guns. You know that one of the quickest ways to become a victim of crime, especially a violent crime, is to not have your gun with you when you need it. And that's why I want to talk to you a little bit about one of the biggest mistakes that gun owners like myself, because I have done this, I have to admit it, one of the biggest mistakes that we make when it comes to our holsters is we'll get one that is so uncomfortable when we try to carry that we just stop using it. And if we don't have our weapons on us, guess what happens? If we need it, well, we are already at that disadvantage. That's a big reason why Vanish holsters are quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. Thousands of their customers are saying that they are easily, hands down, the most comfortable holster ever, and uh, they're not wrong. 
a lot of their customers also say that if you get a vanish holster, you're never going to stop carrying. Uh, that's pretty high praise. Plus, plus, uh, get get a load of this part. The holster saves you money. Because what is one of the other big limiting factor with most holsters, usually most of them are designed to carry specific size handguns, right? You got your holster, it's only going to work for a few different models. So then you, if you're carrying something different, you got to have a different holster. Vanish holsters are designed to fit 99% of all semi-auto handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry two fully loaded magazines, and best of all, on the comfort side, you can carry in multiple positions. And the very, very best part that is a listener of Tap Into The Truth, you can make a purchase over at Vanish Holsters and get $50 off. All you have to do is go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P, to activate that $50 discount today. Go ahead, get over there. You can multitask while you're listening to the show, and you can have it ordered before the reset of the hour. One last time, that's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Go get your $50 discount. You need a Vanish Holster. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, back once again by popular demand and the fact that he's available, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the purveyor of PatriotMusic.com, great musician, phenomenal historian, good friend, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Fitzgibbons. Matt, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you today, my friend? Very well. Very well, Tim. Great to be on here, and I'm always available for you. You didn't have to un overturn too many rocks to find me this Friday. <laughs> well, I uh, I can't express to you how much I appreciate that. All right, uh, let's jump right into things, and let's look at a historical issue. Uh, I've been poising the idea, the notion that for some time, that the Biden administration actually does want a a default, that they don't want to negotiate on the debt ceiling because right now they know that the proverbial bovine excrement is about to hit the fan. They know that it's their policies that have led to the collapse, the, the, the banking issues, the energy expenses, and they've tried a few tricks here and there to prevent things from going so bad that even all the Democrats snap to attention and try to, to set back. And now with this on the verge of happening, they need an excuse and they need something to point at the Republicans and say, well, yeah, things are bad now and it's their fault because they wouldn't let us to do it. And given how they're acting with the so-called meeting where they're, they're going to get together and discuss it, it still seems like that's what the Biden administration wants. They're not interested in anything but a clean debt ceiling uh, raising. Uh, they would just they want to uh, to continue raising the limit on their credit card, and at some point the American people who have to pay for this need to cut them off. They're claiming now through the uh, use of the 14th Amendment that technically Joe Biden has the authority to just pay it anyway and ignore the debt ceiling. No president has tried that before, and I think it sets a very bad precedent. Uh, 
because while I think we all agree that the actual debts of the U.S. government are valid and should be paid, that doesn't mean that Congress, who has control of the purse strings, doesn't control the fact that they can tell you you can't add any more debt, figure out a different way to make those payments. I don't know. Crazy idea. Maybe start cutting some of the spending you're doing. As a historian, Matt, what is your view on the uh, the idea of using the 14th Amendment as a way of ignoring the debt ceiling altogether and just keep adding to the uh, the national debt? Well, the 14th Amendment, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredibly divisive amendment. It was at the time and it is today. Historically, um, it's actually so complicated that you could do a three-hour show on just its history. But kind of give a cursive um, kind of an overview of where the 14th Amendment came from. After the Civil War, the 13th Amendment was passed by the uh, Southern legislatures. But many, including in the North, refused to pass the 14th Amendment. So after Lincoln's assassination, Congress, what we know historically as the, quote, radical Republicans, unquote, basically did this sweeping move and they said, okay, anybody who served during, um, in the Southern legislatures, you know, during the Civil War um, can't serve again. You, you all have to have new elections. So they did, and they essentially elected the same people and they refused to pass the 14th Amendment. During the time that it was debated, and we have the records of, of what was said, including by its authors, um, and I can't quote the author because I didn't know this was a topic, so you know, my knowledge of history is fair, um, but if, if I'd had a couple of minutes leeway knowing that this is what we're going to be talking about, but again, it's a big subject. Uh, so I apologize for not knowing the author of the 14th Amendment, but I can tell you that I've read reams and reams of speeches that were held in Congress at that time, and its purpose was absolutely not what it has been used for for the last 50 years. They warned and warned and warned and said it would not be something that would just take over states' rights. And there's a debate historically as to whether or not it actually passed constitutionally. But be that as it may, many legal scholars will tell you that the vast majority of the cases in the federal courts are 14th Amendment based. And the vast majority of those cases are based on interpretations of the 14th Amendment that its drafters said it didn't mean. So this has been um, a blatant uh, backdoor that's been used by collectivists for a very, very long time. So it doesn't surprise me that the Biden administration would whip this out because this is kind of their ace in the hole for um, radical judges who see absolutely no limits, no checks and balances on government but in actuality, um, there's no logic, there's no reason whatsoever, because as you said, it, it really is that simple. Congress controls the purse strings, and the 14th Amendment was never intended to be a catch-all for everything that anyone would want to do. And let's not forget that before the 14th Amendment, we have the concept of enumerated powers, meaning if it isn't specifically in the Constitution, it's not a federal power. Uh, gradually, we've seen that erode with interstate commerce laws, et cetera, et cetera. This is a nothing burger. I really believe this is a nothing burger. If this were something that were going to be, you know, uh, heard 
say, for example, in Manhattan, okay, it might be a something. But in the federal courts of the United States, this is going nowhere fast. Yeah. So what do you think the likelihood is that Biden actually tries to do this if uh, – because I, I think he doesn't want to. I think people are throwing it out there as an excuse for him to not negotiate. I really do honestly believe, Matt, that they want to default at this point, and I think they made it pretty clear given that uh, – Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans in the House have basically asked for one small concession. Hey, let's take spending back to where it was a year ago, and we'll give you everything else you want. If you're not willing to do that much, I don't understand how you can make the claim that you're not trying to force a default, because they've never offered up a clean bill for anything ever. Uh, certainly none of the people that are serving uh, as a senator or in the White House right now who's been in a position to vote, which would include Joe Biden. Uh, they certainly didn't do anything for Ronald Reagan as a clean bill. They certainly didn't do anything for George W. Bush. They uh, didn't uh, do anything for the older George Bush. Uh, they didn't give any clean bills to Donald Trump. Uh, why on earth would they suddenly expect they should be able to get a clean bill to just continue to raise the debt ceiling? I mean, after all, there is a reason for the debt ceiling, and if you're just going to have an open-ended, we're going to raise it every time we bump up against it, then we don't even really have a debt ceiling, do we? Well, no, not at all. I mean, trying to figure out the Biden administration or anybody in, you know on the extreme left is extremely difficult because – we often begin with, with the premise that there's some intelligence um, behind it. And I think oftentimes history shows that there just isn't. I see three possible scenarios. One of, the, one of them is that um, they're just that stupid, um, just absolutely incapable of understanding basic concepts like you can't print this amount of money and not have inflation. I mean, that's, that's what's caused it historically. You know, I, 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 uh, when I stood in for Ron Edwards a couple of weeks ago, I did a show on the gold standard and the new central bank digital currencies. And anybody who knows anything about economics knows that if you just continuously print whatever the currency is, you devalue it. It's very, very, very simple. And the Democrats' philosophy for the longest time has been to spend, to tax, and to print. So this economy has his name all over it. So one, they're either that stupid. Two, they believe that um, the current banking system is just too big to fail. And many, you know, many in the investment community and um, even those in gold and things like that will, will use this analogy. They'll say, imagine, for example, a sea of ships and each of the ships being a nation and its currency, and they're all sinking. But the dollar is the largest one, and it's sinking slowest. So it's possible that their strategy, they're just addicted to spending and taxing, and that their strategy is that it's just too big to fail. And of course, you know, that expression, we're all familiar with what happened with the banks in 2008. And the third scenario is a really dark one, and that is um, beginning to look more and more plausible. Uh, and that is that uh, he really is trying to destroy not only the U.S., but the U.S. economy. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's clear. Somebody in the Biden administration who's getting to call a lot of the shots, 
has read the collective works of Cloward and Piven. <laughs> they are well aware of how to go about doing this. They've been working on it in a while. It's the same point that I used to make when everybody made a big deal about Barack Obama being a constitutional scholar. It's like, yes, who better than someone who studied it to try to dismantle it and destroy it? You have to understand it before you can take it apart safely, uh, and their idea of safely means that the blowback doesn't land on them. It is. I mean, from day one, everything the Biden administration has done has been to attack our economy. When they started uh, attacking energy right off the bat, you can't do something that's going to raise the cost of energy and expect it's not going to ripple through the entirety of the economy. And we saw it nearly instantly, and there's been very little reprieve. When you do all the things that he claims, and what makes it even funnier, except it's not funny at all, and you know, you feel free to, to, to say how you feel on this one, Matt, as campaign season is in full swing now, Joe Biden's been going around in the last week and a half, every microphone he's gotten in front of, he said that he's cut the national debt in half. I've yet to see where he's cut anything when it comes to debt. We are on a uh, we're on a path that has, as far as I'm aware, no no even there's no comparison. No president. No administration, no Congress that's supposed to have control of the spending has ever flirted with disaster to this point. They've never tried to push it this far. Is there any way at all that this is just incompetence? Because to me, I, I just – I don't believe in unintended consequences anymore. I think these people, while they are kind of dumb about what the actual outcome is going to be because they think they're going to be okay at the end and they don't care who else gets hurt, I, I do think they know exactly what every step they're taking is going to come down to. Is, is there still the possibility that they're just that incompetent and they really don't know that this is going to lead to complete collapse? Well, Keynesian economics and you know collectivism in general, um, it just feeds on itself. It's filled with um, hypocrisy, contradictions. It doesn't marry with logic or facts or history. But um, you know what comes to mind is a is a quote from Thomas Sowell. Um, I first came across this some years ago, and it's it's in my mind increasingly these days. He said uh, it's hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. Mm. And when you look at Joe Biden, I think the vast majority of your listeners um, believe, as I believe, that he is absolutely thoroughly corrupt. He has been on the take for all of his political career. We know him to be a consummate liar. He was supposed to, his career was supposed to have ended in the 90s when he got caught during plagiarism. The way that he's treated children, he even commented on it, taking a shower with his own daughter, you know, when she was uh, an adolescent. It's incomprehensible that the American people elected this person. But either way, historically, 
when you start messing with Americans' money the way that he is doing it, a lot of people will wake up. You know, gas prices tend to be kind of the first litmus test of all of it. Um, he's really out of touch with reality. And I think so many of the people on his staff are as well. They not only believe in a philosophy that is totally contradictory and terrible for the United States, but he's, he's about to be he's about to be caught in a way that we've never seen before in the history of this republic. He's such an embarrassment. It's unbelievable the amount of money that he's collected from countries for uh, you know pure, absolute corruption and money laundering. And it's only a matter of time until it becomes obvious to just about everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, they've got to be aware. Uh, and right now, the media is so deep into Joe Biden's pocket that they they don't even come up for air anymore. The, the most recent uh, White House event, the only daytime event Biden had, they kept the press so far away that nobody could even shout a question about what's going on at the border, which – you know, it seems like something the president should be answering some questions about right now and a topic that uh, I, I'm hoping that you'll be able to stay with us in the start of the second hour. Uh, it's a topic I wanted to discuss with you then. But uh, this this level of detachment, I, I just I can't imagine at this point that they don't fully understand. Uh, now, maybe a, a good chunk of them are just useful idiots but the people that are pulling the strings the people that are actually making decisions this is by design i mean as a historian you certainly can attest to the fact that even before the ink was dry on the constitution there were a ton of folks that were already working on trying to destroy it because it was an obstacle to their power their authority their ambitions we have seen over time we were warned at the very offset as soon as it was done as soon as we built the republic as she was put together that we would have the republic for as long as we could keep it and we put in safeguards that were designed to try and protect it from human corruption but there was the understanding that there's always going to be a risk and as long as people keep working at it they're going to get there how bad does it have to get before the American people wake up? Because we've gotten so conditioned to accept so many bad things, especially in major urban cities where Democrats have been in control for a very long time. I'm assuming there's probably a relationship there. Maybe it's causal. <laughs> I would insinuate it is. But just the standard of living in some of these places have been brought below that of third world countries and the the that awakening that you were talking about a minute ago matt it's always been contingent on things having to get bad enough how bad did crime have to get in new york before they elected rudy giuliani how bad do things have to get in chicago before they actually put somebody who cares about law and order how bad are things going to have to get in san francisco before they do more than the lip service of oh well we're going to call up the national guard and then do they do it do they follow through uh, I think at some point they're going to have to because they've let it get so bad local police couldn't fix it even if they supported their local police. How bad, Matt? How bad does it have to get now 
before we see people finally hold these folks accountable and at the very least vote them all out in a sweeping election. Well, one of the biggest problems we have, you know, as I'm listening to these examples that you're citing, I go back to, say, for example, the beginning of the founding of the republic with the uh, creation of the National Bank. And this was a major point of contention. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, of course, uh, it was his brainchild, and Washington supported him. Jefferson was adamantly against it. Um, and it continued to be a point of contention and discussion, even up until Andrew Jackson. The American people saw this. Um, as it grew larger and larger, they saw the corruption with it. But, you know, I know I've said this quote before on your show, but um, I'm going to paraphrase it. Uh, Winston Churchill said, you can always count on America to do the right thing after she's exhausted every other option. <laughs> so people look at the gas pumps, for example, but I think actually this transgender play that they're doing, um, you know, having um, biological males competing in women's sports, things of this sort, this is really what's going to draw the attention of people to shows like yours and uh, to shows like Ron Edwards and others who are out there talking about things from a historical and a logical, you know, and a, a founding philosophy perspective. And um, they're actually not very good at their game because they're upsetting a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's still... It boggles my mind that we've let it get this far. We're running up uh, pretty close to time to reset the hour. Uh, I hope that you can stay with us into the next hour, Matt. Uh, if not, I understand, but sure, I hope no, you'll hang out with here. us. Uh, in the meanwhile, guys, don't go anywhere as hour number two starts right after this uh, brief reset. This is Matt Fitzgibbons from PatriotMusic.com, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. This is Tim Tapp, and you're listening to K-Star ZMA and the Vera Network. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into The Truth.
Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday night, and we are diving headlong into hour number two of Tap Into The Truth, the live show. And thank each and every one of you for being here, wherever you're listening, and uh, whatever network you're listening on. Thank you so very much. And a special shout-out to those of you that are hanging out in the chat room area for the last frequency over on MeWe. We've got a few folks hanging out, and I appreciate everyone one of you for being there thanks for being part of the show all right we do of course still have matt fitzgibbons with us but before we jump back into things real quick i have to talk about our sponsors that you know they are the sponsors they're helping to help elevate the show Uh, i definitely can use the help there's no doubt Uh, okay so i've got my patriot power sidekick right and i've been telling you about it since i've got it i still have not run this thing down below 85 percent yet it's still at 86 point something i forget exactly what it was i I did check it before showtime and i'm trying to use it as you would expect to use it under normal circumstance i i'm getting really impatient though i hate the fact that it's working so well uh, because i really want to try out this so charging feature i've got the little solar panel and i want to go see so i can tell you guys how long it takes to fully charge back up once it's down at this rate, I don't know if I'm still going to be doing the show by the time I get this uh, battery worn down. Anyway, it's a great product as well. One of the many things that you can get over at fourpatriots.com. So let me ask you once again go visit fourpatriots.com and see what they've got to offer. Whether you're looking at uh, survival food, whether you're looking at water purification, whether you're looking at heirloom seeds, they got a ton of great stuff that's going to help you when whatever happens. And the uh, sidekick is just one of them. They've also got the Patriot power generators that I talked about back in the first hour. The good news is whatever you get, you can get 10% off your order by using promo code TAP. That's T-A-P-P. You just put that in at checkout. 10% off whatever you're getting. Everything in the 4 Patriots store. So, one more time, that is the number 4 patriots.com. Use promo code TAP, T A P P. Get your 10% off your order today and be prepared for when life sends the worst in your direction. Okay, with all that being said, let's jump back into the show. Before I ask the next question to Mr. Matt Fitzgibbon, uh, Matt, Please let everybody know where they can find your work. Everything is available at patriotmusic.com. And if you don't mind, I want to give a shout out to a buddy of mine, Gene Cowley, who is currently driving across the great state of Florida, listening to this show. He's on his way to Tampa, and um, he's been working really hard on uh, the electric guitars for a few new tunes that we're going to be releasing in the next few months. So I just wanted to say hi to him. and. Thanks for uh, giving me a chance to plug PatriotMusic.com. Oh, absolutely. It's great stuff. I've been promoting it for as long as I've been aware of it on this show. I I loved your stuff, and I love the fact that you're so generous with your time, and uh, you put so much effort into everything you do. It's phenomenal. Uh, I hope we get to make a, a big announcement sometime relatively soon, but I, I don't want to tease anything further. I'm just saying I hope we get to make that announcement sometime. <laughs> no pressure, though. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So 
We heard them talking about the border during the news break. There's been a lot of discussion about how things, bad things were going to get when Title 42 finally ended. It seems like the Biden administration's solution was to say, here, let us give you a phone. Here is an app. Please check in later, but we're not going to make you. Just go ahead and be free. Uh, no detention, no whatever part of their uh, parole program. They were going to – they already had a version of a parole program, and then they tried to change it up. A federal judge in uh, Florida said, hey, guys, you can't do this, so they've tried to put a halt on it. But as far as we can tell, that just seems to mean that uh, they're not sending any of these folks to Florida. They haven't halted it. They're still doing it. The upside has been – that the waves of people coming through have not been quite as bad as we were expecting. But I think they're still just kind of marshalling their forces because that is what you do for an invasion, right, Matt? You marshal your forces before you come in. And this, to me, still feels very much like an invasion. I think Governor Abbott in Texas did some good things with the National Guard. Part of what kills me, though, is the way this has been described as far as what Governor Abbott's done. I've heard more than more than a couple of conservative media news anchors say that he's brushed right up against what the state is legally allowed to do. Now, in my mind, this is the governor doing his job, protecting the citizens of the state of Texas, something that you should be able to do, especially when the federal government doesn't step up and do it themselves. Why does any governor – and we saw this happen in Arizona back when Obama was president. Why does any governor in any state have to be concerned about taking actions to defend their borders when the federal government refuses to? Well, yeah, it's a very complicated issue if you look at the minutia. I think if you look at the big picture and follow it all the way back – um, I think the real question is, why haven't the Republicans impeached Mayorkas? And I think the answer to that is simply because half of the Republican Party are Democrats. Ultimately, yeah. um, we've got, uh, we've got, seriously, we've got a big problem in this country because the vast majority, not the vast majority, but a, a good percentage of Republicans, these rhinos, these rhinos, they want the cheap labor. And so, so many different people in this country, um, independent of political party, are putting themselves first. This is what happens when you get big government. You have those who are only interested in their own financial investments. Um, really, I mean, think about it. If we, if we even reverse time, for example, 50 years, there'd be no question. Mayorkas would have been impeached months ago. He'd be gone. You know, Biden would be... Um, under a, a threat of impeachment for, for not following federal law. So for me, that's really where my focus is, because from a historical perspective, the federal government, because of the Constitution enumerating specific powers and only those powers, it only has a few jobs to do. And it turns out that increasingly over the years, uh, with slight variation, depending on which political party is in charge, we're seeing this scenario where the federal government is doing less and less to the point where it's doing almost none of what it ought to be doing and lots of things that it shouldn't be doing. Yeah. yeah I, that's part of what just leaves me kind of scratching my head here. We literally see 
an argument coming from the federal government, and we saw this uh, again. I go back to uh, the Obama administration back when Jan Brewer was governor of Arizona, and she was going to take matters into her own hands. She was going to secure the Arizona border with Mexico, and they fought her in federal court saying, you can't do this. This is the federal government's job. We set the policies. We protect the border with foreign nations. Okay, that's your argument. Fair enough. But then why are you not showing up in California, New York, Illinois every time they say, well, we're sanctuary cities. We're sanctuary states. We're going to ignore immigration law and protect illegal migrants because we have a moral responsibility. We have to ignore your federal law. Now, granted, most of the federal government, whether they had a D or an R at the end of their name, hasn't really cared enough to try and fight that argument in court. But it's literally the opposite of how they stop Jan Brewer. It's the opposite of how they're going to try to make an issue for the current governor of Texas, Mr. Gregory Abbott. And in, as all this shakes out, they're still just trying to pass the buck and ignore the fact that they have failed at every turn. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you're talking about foreign policy, doesn't matter if you're talking about domestic, but I don't think there is a greater threat than our economy. But immediately behind that, the fact that we have no border, we just, we don't. They say, oh, it's under control. We don't have a working functional border. And the fact that Donald Trump in a short amount of time was able to get people to stop crossing illegally in such ridiculously large numbers had the lowest illegal crossings in 47 years prior to Trump taking office. That's what Biden uh, inherited. And yet from the very instant he took the oath of office, that changed instantly. Record-setting months after record-setting months to the point that now we have record-setting years. It's an invasion. We're being plowed under, and most of these people are coming across with fraudulent documentation, claiming to be from countries that currently have a preferred status. Why can we not just utilize standing uh, immigration law uh, like something as simple and basic as you can only apply for asylum if you enter through a legal port? Why is that such a hard thing for these people to do if their intention is to help people have a better life? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if, if, if you brought me on to cheer you up, um, but I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the visual that I have in my mind is, you know, Lady Liberty has fallen down in a field and she's being ripped apart by a clan of hyenas. The United States post-World War II was instantly a world power. Now, we were the threat of a world power for a long time before that, but with so many of our allies having been bombed and destroyed financially, physically, losing so many of their young men and many countries, women and children as well, the United States was the de facto world power for other reasons. But we've been attacked, and I'm not going to mince words. I'm going to say this flat out. The United States has been subverted. We have been subverted since pre-World War II. 
And it's organizations like the ACLU. And what they do in cases like this is they find the argument, they pick the jurisdiction where they can get the outcome that they want, and they end up with a result where local police, for example, cannot enforce immigration law. And it's absolutely preposterous. What we need is to make sure that we have strict constructionists in the Supreme Court and to strategically bring good cases to them, to the district courts, to the circuit courts, the district courts, and then up to the Supreme Court. Because no one can make the argument logically that even a local sheriff cannot enforce federal law. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely preposterous. Of course they can. Of course they have an obligation to. They must. In fact, if they don't, it's dereliction of duty. The federal code is multiple, many, many times the size of the Bible. And so many of these laws, they're required to enforce, just not immigration. It doesn't make any sense. So these cases have to be brought before a Supreme Court with a majority of strict constructionists so we can end this nonsense once and for all. And here's your piece of optimism. It was done with abortion. It was handed back to the states as it should have been in 1971. It finally is, even in Connecticut, where it has zero impact, this ruling on Roe versus Wade, you still see all of these little towns, a bunch of, you know, people standing out asking you to honk your horn of, you know, your four abortion rights. It, it, it's unbelievable that people are just so unaware. But anyway, the point is to be optimistic. It did make it to the Supreme Court after such a long time, and it was overturned, and it was brought back to its, uh, its constitutional nature of being a state's right. And the reason it's a state's right is because it isn't specifically mentioned in the Constitution, right? So there's no logic to the argument that any peace officer, any law enforcement officer can't enforce, or let me phrase it more accurately, has to enforce every single federal law on the books except immigration. All right. Well, let me ask you one more quick question there, and then I have a topic that'll be a little more fun before we have to, to part ways for the evening, because uh, it's got to be the craziest story that I've heard for freaking ever. But anyway. Uh, I'll try to be optimistic. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, here's how much does the actual intention of nullification play into the idea? Because I'm kind of a fan of nullification. I, I do think that when the federal government overreaches, that there is nothing that should compel local authorities to have to help them to enforce whatever it is they're trying to do. Uh, I do think there should be an exception if it is, in fact, something that's enumerated to the federal government, because that's kind of the compact. When you join the union, you agreed to go along with this, right? But if it's something that's clearly overreach, 
the nullification it's completely acceptable as part of the Tenth Amendment. You know, going back to if it's not specifically granted to the federal government, doesn't mean the government can't necessarily try to pass laws and regulation, but you don't have to give it the same heedance that you would with a law that is passed that clearly is enumerated as one of its authorities. So does nullification factor into this as much as I've heard some people claim when it comes to sanctuary status? And if that's the case, should Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, not that they're going to do it, but uh, heaven help us, some point they might eventually start uh, electing Republicans again. Uh, should they engage in nullification when it comes to something like the Biden administration's effort to just freely let these people across? Can they actually ignore the federal government's orders in these cases if they're not actually enforcing federal law themselves. Yeah, I mean, they can, absolutely. There are pathways to that being a solution, but it has to be played like a game of chess, maybe a combination of poker and chess, not a game of checkers, because the left has always done this. You know, the ACLU, for example, many of its founding members were, were members of the failed Amer- American Communist Party. And so they've had this, even China, for example, you know, this unfriendly nation, if you want to go so far as to say an enemy in so many different respects, they have these long-term playbooks, these strategies, and these short-term views aren't going to work. So in terms of nullification, I would say, and again, you know, I'm not a legal scholar, Um, I haven't argued in front of the Supreme Court, but I would say this, for example, if you used it in conjunction um, with a bunch of other actions, for example, if you've got a good lawsuit in Texas that's brought to what what is the Fifth Circuit, I believe. And um, for example, they have a ruling that differs from some other circuit court and you then combine nullification with it. um, Or if, you know, it's like two, three of a kind sort of a thing, a poker, if you've got... um, for example, uh, a jury that nullifies a law. Jury nullification is another angle. Um, if you continue to have conservative uh, Supreme Court justices who ignore stare decisis, this idea of building rulings on previous bad rulings, and if they're willing to just throw the whole thing away and look at the Constitution and what it says, what it meant, what was spoken of at the time by its authors, you know, what they wrote each other in letters. If you actually go back and, and look at this, these amicus briefs um, that people can submit, individuals, doesn't even have to be organizations. You know, if you happen to have an old dictionary, for example, that can be of great use. My point is that the, the citizenry has so many different powers to us that we haven't utilized. Ways of countering what the left has traditionally done in misinterpreting, intentionally, I should say, reinterpreting the 14th Amendment or the Interstate Commerce Clause. But it's got to be done tactically. It has, has to be done in such a way that you've got a multi-pronged strategy. Yeah. All right, Matt, uh, let's have a little bit of fun uh, before we uh, have to cut it short. We don't have a whole lot of time left here. So before I jump into this, too, I want to make sure I thank you one more time on air for joining us tonight. As always, I appreciate it. But uh, as soon as I heard this story, I just had to make sure that we spent a little time sometime tonight talking about it. Because just when you think you've seen it all, 
Democrats go and pull another trick out of their hat, an effort to avoid responsibility for their soft on crime policies. We have the cities of Baltimore, St. Louis, and Seattle right now that are among a few other municipalities as well that have announced a lawsuit against two car manufacturers for the horrible, terrible, no good crime of making their cars too easy to steal. That's right. Um, it's not the fault of the criminals. They can't go get tough on crime. They can't uh, go lock up the folks that are stealing these cars because, you know, that might be racist or something. Uh, no, they have to go after Hyundai and Kia because they are failing to equip their vehicles with industry standard vehicle immobilization technology. Yeah, they're actually choosing to make their cars a little cheaper so that people can better afford them. And that just makes them easier to steal. I, <laughs> I've got to get your thoughts on that. What, what links will these people go to to avoid their own culpability? And how much are they willing to just attack the very idea of a free market economy uh, providing services and goods. It's crazy. You know, Abraham Lincoln, one of my favorite quotes from him, he said, uh, the community that can't support one attorney can, or lawyer, I think he said lawyer, the community that can't support one lawyer can easily support two. <laughs> and what, what we've seen in this nation is Lawyers have taken over to such a degree, people aren't even aware of what kind of power that they have, the ability to research. For example, before they even bring, uh, before you even get a call or a warning or wh whatever it may be in, in, in something, in some legal situation you might be in, somebody sat there and typed in everything about you, got all of this information, including your financial records, to determine whether or not it was, um, it was worthy going after you, right, if there was enough money there. And Congress is loaded with lawyers. The Senate is loaded with lawyers. So I think the second group are tax, you know, are tax attorneys, which is, you know, why it's so difficult, for example, to get um, a simplification of the tax code in the United States. But states like Texas have implemented tort reform. So again, this is yet one more example of a power that the American citizenry has. We need to get tort reform because it seems like common sense, I would think, to the majority of your listeners. It does to me. I mean, tell me if it doesn't to you. But if you were the judge hearing this case brought in, wouldn't you like to be able to just wrap your gavel, call it a frivolous lawsuit, and put a strike against the attorney who brought it and wasted time? And if they do this two or three times, you disbar them and they can't practice law ever again? That's what tort reform is. But if you look at states where they have a larger percentage of attorneys that control everything, that's where tort reform can't happen. Yeah, absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. But, you know, it, it, it is for a purpose. Uh, they have to try and point blame anywhere other than the acknowledgement of their own bad policies that have led to upticks in crime and – you know, that's just where they're at. They can't acknowledge that maybe they made a mistake. They have to double, triple, quadruple down. Continues to be an issue. Matt, thank you so much for joining us tonight. As always, it's a pleasure to get to talk to you, and uh, I consider it an honor, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Uh, always great to have the uh, fun bonding Friday night, too. I hope the uh, listeners enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, based on 
the uh, feedback I get. I tend to think they do. Uh, anyway, cool. well, thank you so much again, here, and uh, God speak to you, sir. Keep up all your great work. Thanks. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to go check out PatriotMusic.com to see all the stuff he's got going on. And uh, as you heard earlier, he's working on some new music, so it's going to be great. I I would hold my breath, but, you know, I would probably hurt myself when I passed out and fell down. <laughs> anyway, real quick before we take our mid-hour break, got to tell you one more time about our friends over at Gold Co. Why? Because I don't want you to be unable to survive these troubling financial times. And I got to tell you, right now, investing in precious metals, not a bad way to go. As long as the banks are in danger of collapsing, as long as the Fed is stuck in that position where they have to continue to raise rates in order to fight inflation, as long as Joe Biden plans on spending in a way that even drunken sailors would say, hey, man, maybe you should slow down, you're going to have to worry about what's happening in that financial world. But you can worry a little bit less if you take the time to take at least a big part of your cash and move it into something that is not quite as volatile. In fact, something that does better when the dollar is under assault. Gold, of course, falls into that category. Silver does as well, several precious metals. You're not going to go wrong by moving at least some of your hard-earned wealth and protect it by virtue of divesting into precious metals. You know who can help you with that? Our friends over at Gold Co. Go ahead and give them a call at 855-387-2932 right now so you can learn the three simple steps that you can take this very instant, if you were so inclined, to, pre to protect your savings with gold and silver. Take action today. Protect yourself and your family from financial collapse, you know, before the White House manages to wipe away everything you got and then expects you to thank them for doing it, go ahead and give a call to 855-387-2932 right now. And you can learn how you can get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies are at. I'm chuckling because uh, Doug was sending the signal of how he felt about the Biden administration taking what we've got. And one more time, that number is 855-387-2932. Go ahead and give those guys a call. Trust me, you won't be sorry. Worst case scenario, you spent some time learning some things you didn't know. Uh, let's take that mid-hour break. And when we come back on the other side, Ron Edwards is scheduled to join us. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp. And tap into the truth. I'm not a violent man. But when it comes to the sanctioned abuse of children in America, it is time to stop the madness. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards, 
On today's page from the Irish Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. We all know that what is taught to one generation of children dictates the direction the nation takes in the next. We also know that if children are psychologically and physically abused and intentionally indoctrinated in evil tendency, trends, and trauma, unless they are rescued and lovingly redirected toward godly moral standards, a good education and shielded from unnatural sexual practicing adults, they will themselves become that which is grotesque and burdensome to society. In Colorado, parents are suing a government school system where students as young as five years old were secretly being indoctrinated in transgenderism, sexual acts, and even suicide. Parents, please save your children from the predatory, dominated government schools because the leftist freaks will not stop going after your children until you stop them one way or another. I'm Ron Edwards. See you on the next page from the Average Notebook. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100.00 and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon.
You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. Sharing the night together. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are sharing Friday night together as we head right into a very, very potentially awesome weekend. I think that's what I'm hoping for you. It is Mother's Day weekend. So again, if you haven't done the uh, necessary Mother's Day gift purchases yet, uh, you're running out of time. Don't enjoy Friday night so much that you take away your shopping opportunity on Saturday if you haven't got it done yet. That's just a friendly warning. Part of the public service announcement here from Tapping to the Truth. Real quick, want to mention one last time. Oh, I it looks like uh, looks like Doug took care of his Mother's Day shopping already. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised it wasn't a vacuum cleaner, Doug. Anyway, oh, one quick word from uh, our sponsor, uh, last sponsor, before we bring uh, Ron on. And uh, again, I, I have to keep reminding you: there's only one reason to carry a firearm to make sure you do not become the victim of tyranny or a crime. Period. That is it. To protect yourself, to protect your family, and to protect your property, too. You've got the right to protect your – and I know the left would try to convince you you don't have it, but you do. The problem is, for a lot of gun owners, myself included, is we make a mistake when we pick out a holster. You know, you need a holster to carry properly, right? We end up picking a holster that's so uncomfortable that we stop using it, and then – on our quest to defend ourselves and our God-given liberties, we have dropped the ball. And that's why Vanish Holsters is becoming one of the most popular holsters in America so fast. They have thousands of customers that say they are indeed the most comfortable holster ever and that if you start using one, you'll never stop carrying. Vanish Holster helps you to save money, too, because it's designed to fit about 99% of all of the semi-auto handguns out there. It works without a tactical belt. You get to carry two fully loaded magazines with it as well. And most importantly, for that comfort level, you can carry in multiple positions. What other holster lets you do any of that, let alone all of that? Best part of all, though, is as a listener of Tapping to the Truth, you got a chance to save yourself 50 bucks. All you have to do is go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to activate that $50 discount. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Get your $50 discount right now and get your Vanish holster on the way. You will thank me for it, I promise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us this Friday night the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, a man that you can hear with his show on a majority of the same networks that this show was on live tonight, my friend, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron How's it feel to be a patriot in America today, sir? Well, it feels good to be a patriot, but it doesn't feel too good to be an American, considering what's coming at us, um, thanks to the Biden regime, whether it's economic or knuckle-dragging variety that's coming through the southern border by the millions. So, um, 
yeah, well, I'm glad to be a patriot. I always will be. But man, Tim, it's uh, getting kind of rough out there, eh? It is very disheartening, but again, that's why it's important for voices like yours to be out there and uh, making sure that people understand what's led to these circumstances, what's the cause, and more importantly, what the solutions are. And uh, that's why they're afraid of voices like yours, and uh, it seems like occasionally mine, too. It seems like anytime something accidentally gets put up on uh, YouTube, I am immediately banned again, and it's like I wasn't even the one who put it up the last time, and I got another episode that somebody else put up on their channel, and they said, hey, I just got banned. Uh, they canceled my channel for putting your show up. It's like, well, thank you, and you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> But uh, anyway, it, it's just so crazy. But one of the craziest things that's happened this past week, you know, we've already kind of uh, we've had to talk about the border. We've had to talk about uh, the imminent bank collapse. We, we've been talking about a lot of things. But I wanted to, to wait till I got to speak to you in regards to what's happening in New York when it comes to Daniel Penny, the retired hmm. Marine who is now being charged with second-degree manslaughter in New York because he put a submission hold on a crazed wild man who's being portrayed as a harmless Michael Jackson impersonator who'd been threatening <laughs> for people, who'd been going out. He's literally had an unserved warrant on him for punching an old lady. Yeah, yeah. sounds like he's a harmless guy. Uh, what... I, I mean, I, I get almost – I can't even talk. I get so tongue-tied when I start thinking about the story, Ron, because you can commit acts of violence on the streets of New York and nothing. You literally have to do the job that you're not letting the police do before you get arrested. Well, as I learned a long time ago, Tim, it's better to need the services of a jury of 12 and – Six pallbearers. Yeah. And see, I've, I've seen this coming for a long time. And even from personal experience, I had to put down a thug that was breaking in, a, in my mother's house. I happened to be, I was living in New York, which at the time I was there during the Giuliani years as a real young guy, uh, was the safest big city in America and one of the cleanest. And I was visiting mom and wasn't staying at, at the home, but I was coming up the driveway, and it's kind of a lengthy draw driveway, but I went to the side door. almost It's almost in the back there, and it's just Neanderthal just going at it, just trying to break into the door. He had gone, gotten through the side door and just like a big rat chiseling away. And uh, so anyway, make a long story short, I, we, we had a little dance, in the, a driveway yeah. dance, and uh, he had a gun on him, and... I really went to Nutsville. I said, oh, my goodness. So I, I'm going to have to take you out. And he had a long, long rap sheet. He had he'd actually been shot by a store owner. Mm. That wasn't enough. He had been to prison. So anyway, I, I, I made sure that he had a, he had a long, lengthy vacation in hospital. Next thing you know, my family, they're, they're trying to sue. Uh, his family's trying to sue my family. That was shut down with one phone call from our attorney. But the fact of the matter, I knew then, I said, you know what? These scumbags are just chiseling away, and they can't wait for the day where they're, they're basically, nying, 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 nying. I can do whatever I want to, and you can't do nothing about it. And look at, 
It's not just New York. Look at San Francisco. Used to be my favorite city. And people are walking into department stores and defecating in the aisles, beating people up, snatching stuff out. They just closed another department store in their famous shopping district. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And it's an Australia-based department store chain. They say, we've had it. We've, and they, they've only been there a year. And see, the beauty of San Francisco is still luring people, even international, to, to open up businesses because of its beauty. And then they quickly find out, oh, my God, this is worse than third world South America now. And this has all been a, a, a plot. And now that they've got millions of Americans who are uncivilized, now you're bringing in uncivilized brutes by the millions from around the world. It's called a double whammy and how you destroy permanently the sovereignty of a nation. China couldn't take us down. Russia couldn't take us down if they tried. But as Khrushchev said many years ago, we shall bury you, meaning actually you'll bury yourselves. And, and, and this is what's happening now. We're, America is b b burying itself. It's digging its own grave, putting its own, and putting the dirt on its own coffin at the same time. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's there's no question, there's no doubt. Uh, Cloward and Pivens laid down the strategy. The folks on the left figured out that that's the way to go. Uh, we're never going to fall to an enemy from the outside, but heaven nope. help us if you can divide us enough internally, we'll fall on our own. They won't even barely have to nudge us a little bit to tip us over and that is the plan it's in effect it seems to be working but again making voices like yours Ron, even more important than ever and, and i keep saying that because we are the victims of silencing and we're having to find ourselves preaching to the choirs more often than not because other people who haven't been exposed to conservative ideas and values through media, they're being led to believe that we're extremists. We're terrible bad guys. We're we're just all kinds of white supremacists. And, and yes, Ron, you too are a white supremacist. And that's a thing now because there's Hispanic white supremacists and there's black white supremacists. And, you know, yes. just yes. It, it's insane. Uh, they have to keep us divided. But well, can I say this, something else with you? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. About New York? Mm -hmm. now, this, now, this is more scary than everything we've been talking about. New York City has added weight and height to a list of identifiers that are protected from discrimination for work, housing, or public accommodation in the now rotten apple. I'm looking at a picture here. Um, I, I have to call it an it. And it has no top on. And it's a real huge, it's, it's okay, it has two legs, but it, it's the size of a walrus. And you would think it was a male, but the, the fat content, you would think at the same time it's a, it's a female. But the chest looks like a female, giant, you know what, dangling down. And they're protected, they're grotesque. And now the left is to put them on a special class that they can walk around grotesque, push people out of the way. If anyone says anything, you can be fined in the great city of New York. Let's say if this, this walrus were to walk by me, 
and in person, I'd be a little frightened. I'd, I'd be like, oh, please don't eat me because it's, it's that huge. <laughs> and then I, I could get in big heap of trouble from, for discrimination because I am not turned on by some, something. I, I, I don't know what it is. And I'm not trying to be funny. You would think it's a male because it doesn't have a top on, but it looks like a 500-pound female that has, doesn't have a bra on. And it, it's 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 so grotesque. Now, Tim, I'm 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 really not discriminatory, but I have common sense. And if you look like something that uh, you know, if you look like Jabba the Hutt, you ought to cover that stuff up. Yeah. Well, and, I'll go one step further, and I know this is definitely not allowed now, Ron. But I would say. Put down that donut and uh, walk an extra lap around the block. <laughs> you'll get in trouble. You'll get in trouble, man. Seriously. I know, but I'm actually saying the more compassionate thing than they are. But yeah, you're right. I'm reading the I'm reading this article, and it's also in Michigan. Mm. Michigan has the same discriminatory. It's the only state that has a statewide ban in place on this kind of so-called discrimination. Yeah. Uh, it, it, now, this now in New York, it's just in New York City. The entire state of, as some people used to call it, Michigan has that entire. So if I if I walk by a freak and I even give it a, a, a glance, like what the hell is that? I could get in trouble if they notice it, and say that, and they'll say that I'm creating a a what is it? Uh, they're they're frightened now. All of a sudden, I'm creating a yeah. bad environment for them. A hostile environment and a triggering event. <laughs> and I, you know, it seems like yeah. a lightweight issue, and it's silly, but at the same time, it's not. It just shows you how how far uh, or how deeply entrenched the left is into everything, and they are just trying to F every aspect of life up. And I mean it that way. They're effing everything up. Yeah. And if we don't like it, we're just going to be in big heap of trouble, and we have to deal with it or get fined or go to jail. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one of the big reasons why I have started trying – just saying flat out, if you're a conservative and you're in a blue state, uh, if it's solid blue, just get out. You will be do. a political prisoner before long if you try to keep fighting. If you want to move to a purple state where you still have a chance to, to swing that, then go for it. If you're in a purple state and you want to fight, you're going to say, go for it. But if you're in a solid blue or a deep blue, just move to a red state or a purple state because you are in danger where you are. You're going to have to become a vigilante to protect yourself, and you will be the criminal that gets treated poorly when you take that step. We've seen that, but you'll also be hit with fines, and it'll probably be jail time before long, too, for something as simple as saying, um, what size... Uh, clothing store uh, do you need <laughs> it's, it could be completely legitimate harmless question I was thinking about buying you a present I need to know what's are you fat shaming me ah, Ron, uh, I did want to hit on one more topic and, and of course 30 minutes is really not enough time uh, before we switch topics though real quick let everybody know where they can find your work please tune in Monday through Friday 3 p.m. Eastern 12 Pacific for the Ron Edwards American Experience well, our flagship station is K-Star Talk Radio, and out of there we stream to several networks. 
And uh, you can catch us there. You'll enjoy. We'll have a good time. On weekends, we are also replayed on several outlets, amongst them the Nevada Talk Radio Network, and there are some net, uh, stations like WM in Ann Arbor where you'll hear the Edwards Notebook as well as other terrestrial out- outlets. And so we're growing. We hope to have some pretty good news in the not-too-distant future. Um, fingers are crossed, toes are crossed, prayers going up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, stay tuned, folks. All right. Uh, we'll uh, start sending a few of those prayers up uh, from here, too. <clears throat> Definitely need uh, a larger footprint for folks hearing the truth. Just not enough of it out there. And speaking of the truth and by uh, trans gentleness, truth social, I got to ask you what you thought about the uh, CNN town hall. Donald Trump just showed <laughs> up and run it. He looked like the Trump that deserves to be president again. What did you think? Man, Tim, that was, oh, my goodness. I was in my house watching, and I was standing. I mean, come on. The, he, he took a tour. He took a tour. I, I tell you, if, if he wasn't in, in, in the field that he's in now, he could literally be a stand-up comic. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, he just made her look like a total jerk. She she was so filled, hate filled. I I wanted to slap her, and I and I never lay my hands on a female. But she was so hateful and so snarky and so, so that typical U.S. modern day women woman attitude. Oh, and I was so glad that he had the intelligence to just beat beat the snot out of her intellectually, made her look like a total ass, and um, at the same time intellectually, intelligently addressed the issues. And he reminded me he was a better version of himself from 2015. That's just my opinion. He was better than than that time. I think he's learned a few tricks uh, politically. It's not just about knowing what you want to do, knowing the issues and having some humor. But he's he's a little more crafty with it, I think. And uh, I will call it I'll go out on a limb and call it call it godly wisdom. Because he had her twisted in a pretzel, pretzel, and she didn't realize it. <laughs> that's that's how bad she looked. It was it was entertaining, and refreshing. I I felt hopeful after that. I said, "Oh my goodness!" After all that he's been through, think about it. From death attempts, from just one false charge after another, the raid. The attacks on his family, the threats against him, all because he's a freaking patriot. That's it. That's the only difference. He's the same Donald Trump. He may be born. He's a born again now, but he's the same guy that said the same things years ago on Oprah Winfrey and Phil Donahue. But once he ran for office, oh, he's for real. And that's that's when it that's when all the hate came. Those people loved him. That's why I like the fact you've heard about his new book that's out with all yeah. the letters from all these people that are now his enemies who used to kiss his backside. Just, oh, Donald, the Donald, we're so glad to have you at our gathering. Oh, my goodness. Will you help me? Chucky e. Schumer, who used to help him, he used to help Republicans. He used to, he was, he was met, uh, he hung out a little bit with Ronald Reagan. I mean, he was all over the place. Because he was playing and learning 
And that's why they, they go after him so much, because he really knows them. Yeah. He was he talked about being of, around them, but not being of them. He didn't do the things that they were doing with the Epstein and all that stuff, but he was around them and he saw stuff. And when he went after the human trafficking and all of that stuff, and all the attacks from that to now, most human beings could not have taken this amount of global pressure and come out swinging the way he was the other night. I man, I tell you, if I wasn't a fan, I was I was a fan after that night. Yeah, yeah. I I think there was a few folks that have been kind of concerned about where his head is at because he has spent a lot of time since. Uh, the installment of Joe Biden. Uh, I'll try to put it in a form that uh, is still uh, an accurate description, but doesn't involve uh, all the lefties having their heads explode. Uh, from that point, he spent a lot of time talking specifically about what happened to him, and it, he, it did seem to affect his focus. At during that town hall. He made it clear that, yeah, that's still in my mind. I know what it was. But then he's made the one statement that I think turns all that back around. He said that they didn't steal it from me. They stole it from you. And that's the kind of thing that wins for Donald Trump. And to play on the statement you were making earlier about how he used to help him, he's still doing them a favor. That had to be the best ratings that CNN has had since Trump left office easily and very well. Uh, I, I didn't go back and see how far back the numbers go, but uh, probably well before uh, he started clashing uh, with Trump over at CNN and they officially became – fake news. So uh, Donald's still doing him a favor. But, uh, you know, I I do really, really like the fact that he looked like the Donald of old. He had the right energy. He had the right message. And he's still not afraid to mix it up with the media, the press, no matter who it is. And uh, a little jab, and I know I shouldn't like it, but one of the moments that made me chuckle the most is when he was in the middle of trying to answer a question. She kept interrupting, and he kept trying to answer the question. And he's like, you know, you're just a very terrible person. <laughs> yeah. It's just, well, there he is. He's winning. Uh, now he's a misogynist, and all the CNN viewers hate it, the, the network. But – so very awesome. Uh, speaking of the network, though, I uh, want to get a quick thought before we uh, do have to wind things down. Uh, on CNN, should Anderson Cooper still be employed? Because immediately the next day after the town hall, he did his little speech. I'm sure you probably heard part of it, but uh, even if you didn't, he basically said, I understand why you may feel uh, bothered by this. And you would be justified if you never watched us again. Um, he just kind of blew it past, but he and he kept going. But if you say something like that about your employer when you're one of their premier guys, should he continue to be employed by CNN or should he be following Don Lemon on his way out after saying something like that? What do you think? Yeah, I think he should be out out with the other girly man, and um, just turned out to to you know they they belong in the he belongs in the streets. And, uh, you know, he just he's, he's and by the way, you spoke of ratings, Tim. Those are the yeah. highest ratings since the days of the great Bernard Shaw. Yeah. Bernard Bernard Shaw was I don't know if he was um, conservative or liberal. He was he was just an anchor. And he told the, the, the news and um, he was never I never picked up any um, 
insane leftist hatred out of him. Yeah. And um, he was he was he was actually a very professional guy. But and he, they haven't had ratings like that since him since those days. Yeah, Bernard was what an anchor should be. Uh, down the middle, tell the truth, let you decide. You know, the way Walter Cronkite was before the Vietnam War, where you had no idea how he felt about it. He just told you the news. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely right. Ron, uh, we're going to have to leave things right there. But, again, great to have you on again. I appreciate you spending time with us, as always. I just hate that uh, we have to keep it so short because we barely have a chance to really get into the conversations. But thank you so much for coming again. Remind everybody uh, one more time real quick where they can find you. Uh, just tune in to K-Star Talk Radio, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, Monday through Friday. And uh, we'll, we always have a good time because we blow away the myths and reveal the truth. Tim, I think it's only been uh, 10 minutes. This time has gone too fast. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, sir, the good news is we'll do it again. And uh, as long as your schedule allows, we'll do it again soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ron Edwards, uh, go check out uh, theronedwards.com and uh, be sure to listen because uh, it's well worth your time. And that's going to have to be it. I uh, hope everyone has a great Mother's Day weekend. Be sure to tune in again uh, when we return. And in the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take those guys' word for it. Take some time, put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, everybody. in both
is using both hands. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.